and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And we are in quarantine. Yes. Lockdown. This is the first day that the Bay Area has put us on, what do they call it? Um, oh, shelter in place. We're uh, under shelter in place orders uh, the six Bay Area counties. We are in one of those six Bay Area counties. Fortunately, your employment is essential. Yes. So you will be going into work. And I will be cutting down my hours, but also working. So hopefully we should be okay through yeah. this. We hope that you all are also okay. I have friends who are not going to, t- they're, they're having some issues right now. Yeah. A couple in the restaurant or the food and mm-hmm. services industry. Um, so I'm worried about them. Yep. I'm worried about many, many people I know who work events stuff. Mm, yeah. So that industry must be hurt very hard. It is or hurt, hurt very hard, bad. Rather. A tip, which you probably already know since we're, this comes out two weeks into the situation. Uh, EDD is waiving the one-week uh, filing uh, wait requirement. Okay. So if you are, find yourself out of work because of the coronavirus, you can apply for unemployment immediately. We're going to try and do happier things, although not really happier, because we're in the meat of our rose red sandwich, right. and there's deaths abounding. Now, I felt... That this second segment, okay, we've watched several Stephen King things, right? Y- yes, we're All on right. like number well, 42 or something like that. Of, and I felt that in The Shining, not so much maybe in uh, The Stand, but in The Shining and sometimes at points in Storm of the Century, that there was padding to the ah, story. Ah, yes. And there were events that just seemed to be... Getting us to time. the four-hour mark. right. I, I haven't felt that here. I feel like there's so much going on. There's a lot going on. And I, I don't know if maybe I'll feel that way in the last segment, but this segment particularly feels so packed with stuff. It is. It's pretty uh, It's pretty one thing to the, to the next, plot-wise. Right. Yeah. There is a thing that is very confusing to me that maybe you can help me with towards okay. the end. Uh, but, yeah, I took notes. I rewatched it this afternoon. So this is the... I watched the first part twice and the second part twice. Uh-huh. I wonder if I'll watch the third part twice. <laughs> well, you want to be consistent. <laughs> yes, that's true. So I didn't take any notes the first time, and I was like, oh, let me just go back and take notes, because I was home, because coronavirus. Yes. So I was here, and I was like, I'll just watch it again, and I took notes on my phone. So I have many notes on my phone, many pages of notes on my phone. So we'll see how that okay. that goes. Uh, so let's get right into it. We... um. We are led into visions of the house from above. That's how you know it starts and ends. Okay, that's the... the, That's how you know. Because we have been watching it on Daily Motion. Yes. And there's not... uh, Here's the dangerous thing about this this, uh, upload on Daily Motion, is that I'm not really sure where it begins and ends. It's chunks of an hour, which is not great when the sections are 120... Or not 120 minutes. Uh, and this has led long. me to Overwatch. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, wow, this is really interesting. And it's compelling enough to where I don't stop when I should. Both of the beginning, both the beginning of this and the end of this start with us going above. We hear whisper, 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 and we're above the house. Okay. And there's a five, like a like a five second black blacking out. Okay. That means it's time to break. Oh, all right. I'll remember that. Oh, no, <laughs> well, you late. you'll just watch the episode, so yeah. Um, so we start with a voiceover from Joyce, who is getting pretty Ahabby up in this episode, 
telling us that houses are alive. So we have not gone into the house yet. Uh-huh. So as of the end of the last episode, we had not gone into the house. They were all we're there. We're And they are uh, taking stock. They're unloading. Uh, there's whispering in the conservatory, and we see the phone and messenger bag there's that whispering Kevin... whispering in the conservatory and something nasty in the woodshed. Yes. That Kevin Bollinger dropped. Joyce's voiceover, mm-hmm. that was a... That's a hard one. Yes. That was difficult for Unless me to say. I'm like, Joyce and voice rhyme, and so I just got real confused. Speak partial tongue, but it's easy. Phrase. And so she, her voiceover is that houses are alive, good houses make us feel like we're home, and bad houses make us feel like they're haunted. Mm-hmm. So that's... And they, they want our warmth. They hate our warmth. That's what bad houses hate. Warmth. Apparently. Pam asks Steve if he's all right because he's sort of ended up on the end of the last... Like We end on a picture of his face before we go to the uh-huh. house. And uh, Nick says he heard something. And Steve's like, well, I don't know. I'm not psychic, you as you well know, because you tested me. So right. apparently Joyce has run him through a battery of tests, which must have been humiliating. It sounds like they were humiliating to him. Well, yes, to have your lover run you through a series yeah. of tests like that. Well, we don't know if that was before or after they got okay. involved. We don't know what the story, what the, what the situation is, and what happened when. Uh, Pam is pulled up by Joyce uh, to touch the knocker on the front door, uh-huh. and she starts crying. A tear goes down her face, and she hears, or we hear, the interaction between Sukina and Bollinger, okay. and she speaks what Sukina says. Oh, you, you're wanted inside, and come on in. And then she says, I don't, there was something there, but I don't know what it was. It's cold and I don't like it. So, once again, houses are cold and they hit our warmth. Uh, Nick asks, <laughs> Nick asks what happened when he got lost. To, uh, Nick asks Steve what happened when he got lost when he was a kid. And Steve was like, I don't know what you're talking about. But he does because he tells the story later. Annie makes a wind twirl of leaves and the fountain comes on. <laughs> So, I like that wind twirl. A wind twirl. I was like, it's not a cyclone. It's, it's not a hurricane. Not, it's small. It's very little. And Emery is just portrayed as so gross through this whole thing. He is a mouth breather. You just hear him breathing, and he's his face is always smushed up. Like, yeah, I, I and I, it's gross. Yes, there's a kind of, <laughs> and this sounds really mean. There's a swinish element to his character, and it's he, like. His clothes are poorly fitting, his haircut is punishing, and he's asked to put this kind of gurning face on all the time. Like it's, it's wild. And he yeah. we go a little bit later mm-hmm. where he says he's he's being harassed by, of course, the gooder good gooder looking members of the group, the better looking right. members of the group, Steve and Nick, who he has a chip on his shoulder for. But he's a person who may have been picked on as a child, but he is legitimately unlikable. Yeah. So I don't know if that comes from being picked on or if it's I think it's one a, of the reasons he's he being was bullied on. by his own mother, for heaven's yes. sakes. And uh, I think that he's also the the what we learn in this episode. He's sort of sexually stunted. Well, yes, yeah. Because and there's a scene where he confronts a, a kind of a manifestation. Yeah. Well, well let's but, not. Yeah, we'll we'll go into yeah. that afterwards. So he's an interesting character because he's explicitly unlikable, uh-huh. and I don't know why we're doing that. So then we, we go into the house and there's equipment in box or like crates in the front room. The gate remote is also there. They're given a flashlight each just in case the power goes out because 
you can't find, uh, you know, a breaker or you can't call the power company because, you know, haunted house. And they're told, told, don't explore on your own. And then Joyce, um, Annie's the last one in and a door, the door slams behind her. And Joyce says, Friday, 317, phantom, we have our first phenomena, a phantom draft. And I'm like, that could just be wind. <laughs> yeah, but also wait for it if you think this is a phenomenon. Well, you're... no, but she's, you know, she wants to get them all, right? Mm-hmm. We go to the, through the kitchen, uh, into the solarium, who, where we've seen it before, where we find out that George Meter was uh, killed in this room. He was stung by bees and died. So that might be what happened to Bollinger. There was buzzing. There are right. still bees. We don't know. Uh, they do find Bollinger's phone, and they hit redial, and it t- takes them to Carl Miller's voicemail in his office, which, I mean, I guess it's on the nose, but they leave a message that's basically like, uh, we found this phone. <laughs> well, Steve also jumps into it. He, 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 uh, he's actively now punching back, I think. Yeah, a little bit. And... Joyce starts freaking out, and then Steve is able to chill her out. And then there's, like, this weird little that she does, and I hate it. So then in the kitchen, we hear the story of April. April is Steve's Uh great-grandmother. Or grandmother? Grandmother. She was six, and she had a withered arm. We never... They never say that she had a withered arm. We've seen it several times. Yeah, right, but we've seen it. And she disappeared uh, when Tsukina stepped into the pantry to get potatoes. And she was gone for less than 30 seconds, she sweared, and then April disappeared. And they looked all over the grounds with 50 men, and no trace of her was found. Mm. Tsukina was thought to be at fault and was brought to the police station. Um, and for three days, she was grilled and beaten by the police. She was finally released. It cost her three teeth, a broken nose, and a broken wrist. And this is where you see the connection also between her and um, uh, Ellen Rimbauer. Yes. So Ellen protests greatly to having Sakina. Well, the description moved. of her protesting and the visual of her just yes. absolutely she sobbing. She said, "At her," she said, uh, "I think he phrases it as." She protested in the strongest possible terms, and mm-hmm. she is losing her damn mind. Right. She is Which screaming and throwing herself to the ground. Is the implication that we get from the, both the book and the other movie that they were in a relationship, and so she's... Well, also, she probably knows that Tsukina didn't do anything to her daughter, right, and she exactly. knows that she's about to be bodily harmed. Like, she didn't yeah. want harm to come to her, and harm did go to her. Uh then we start to head upstairs. Uh, Emery says, "Let's. when do we get to go upstairs? I heard that's where it gets real freaky. And that's where Winchester comes in. Mm-hmm. So these are Winchester Mystery House details. Uh, there's a perspective hallway that was not designed by any architect. And uh, Kathy is like, oh, good job, uh, Ellen Rimbauer, or Mrs. Rimbauer. And they're like, no, 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 no. Sukina did it. Sukina designed it. And one of the doors uh, is opened. And then... Big wind, big wind. And Annie goes and yells, you be quiet. And then the door slams shut. And Steve asks Rachel, so is she always quiet? Or, <laughs> or like, is she always so assertive? Um, 
And well, she's assertive enough to where she'll drop a rock on your house. Right. And uh, Rachel says she doesn't talk much, but what she says, she means. And then they go through another door thinking that they're going to one room and it's a totally different room and it's the mirror library and it's a very creepy, creepy room. Now, this, I thought, was a masterpiece of art direction. It is beautifully realized. So the idea of the room is a perfect, perfect circle uh-huh. with a mirror on the floor. So it looks like you're going to fall forever. Yeah. And also... Yeah, I don't want to step on a mirror. <laughs> well, I didn't understand if it was a mirror or if it was just a, a surface that was so highly polished it reflected the Unclear. ceiling. Unclear. Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's true. But uh, uh, in itself, I just thought it was a beautiful room. <laughs> it is. It's also very big, and it's yeah. nowhere on the plan. And there's a, a library all around the end of it, right? Yeah, it's a lot because it's a mirror library. Yeah, it's the 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 whole the circular walls are all books. Yes. And Bollinger's camera is there. Oh, no. Well, we never liked him anyhow. They follow the rope that they had uh, attached to the downstairs back uh, to to head back to the kitchen and get something to eat. And it, then it end, that ends in the middle of a wall, which is also a good gag. Right. And Nick um, gestures Annie to come up with him, and they push on the wall, and she pushes it, and it just goes uh, forever, apparently. Yeah. And they um, they go to head back, and Joyce is like, I know the way. And everybody's like, are you sure? And she's like, of course I'm sure. And I'm like, how are you sure that you know the way when there was a wall and now there is not a wall? Like, you don't, yeah. whatever. And then uh, to prove the point, as they're heading down the stairs, she almost wanders off the wrong way. And Steve is like, uh, it's this way, Joyce. And she goes, oh, no, of course. And I'm just like. She, she, um, no, she's not doing well. Uh, Emery's griping about food. They have some sandwiches, uh, which appear to be crab salad. Cause he talks about how there's too much mayonnaise in the crab. And there's I'm too like, much mayonnaise in life, I think. Well, that's true. And she says, we'll get you something later that you'll like. Now they got there at 317 and they've been wandering around for however long. And it's still light outside. Mm-hmm. When's dinner? <laughs> just like, what this meal is, is this? Why it really does remind me, <laughs> is as this you tea? Up, is that what they're doing? Of House of Leaves, in that there's people essentially spelunking inside of a house. Yeah. And the house seems to change dimensions, and even you're not sure what time of day it is. Like the the world could be going at a different yeah. rate on the outside of the house. Well, oh, I should say before they get back all the way downstairs, they find that upside down room mm-hmm. where it's like a Practical joke room. Right. Like you're walking on the ceiling past like table height chandeliers that uh-huh. have been flipped upside down. Upside down. Yeah. Oh. It's a cool look. And then there's bedrooms off of off of it. Uh, and she's like, uh, it was Ellen's point about John's work life. And mm-hmm. somebody goes, did he get it? And Steve's like, I doubt it. I don't really get it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then they're back, like I said, they're back downstairs. And you can see that it's the light outside and they're eating sandwiches. So I mm-hmm. don't know. This is a five o'clock snack, I guess. I, unclear. Nick says something to Emery. And I don't know if it's like, th- if it's this line, if it's, or do you plan to dress for dinner mm-hmm. or something? Because he's wearing sweats. <laughs> and uh, he says, don't stop harassing me. And Steve's like, there's a difference between joking her and harassment. Did you ever learn that? And he goes, I learned all about harassment from people just like you or in high school from people like you and Nick. 
And I'm like, okay, well, your ch- the chip on your shoulder is so big. Right. <laughs> I think so that he's big. also. I, I I think that oddly he gets a lot of screen time. He does. And I think it's because there's going to be some sort of change in his character. Because right now he's just so unpleasant. Like you said, there's no reason to see him, so much of him, if he isn't either the catalyst for everyone getting killed or he well, does something heroic in the end. I think we're... Oh, yeah, maybe he'll up. throw himself into a thing. I don't. Right. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, we get a story about an actress who disappeared at one of... Uh, Ellen Rimbauer had parties mm-hmm. on the 15th of January every year, which is the date that they moved into the house. Up until this actress went missing Mm -hmm. after one of the parties. And then Joyce says, if you're done with your sandwich, Annie, go look at this thing. Just go look up there. See what you find. And Nick, like, signals to her to, like, tap on the wall. I don't know how he knows that. Oh, he's psychic, right? They're all psychic. (laughs) (laughs) Dumb. And she ends up tapping on the wall, and then she can see into, like, a little dollhouse version of the... Mm -hmm house i don't know why just cause i think it also, the lodge. it's it's really similar to the model in the shining to me and yeah. he's recalling that image and of course oh, it maybe, goes yeah. further back uh to the haunted dollhouse that mr james wrote about you you know uh but yeah that's an interesting image i like the idea of there being it's a, a cool image and it's a cool thing that she likes right. but i'm just like is this gonna play a part later um not so far so far it just seems to be there to say we had lots of money right look at this thing we did uh then we see everybody sort of chatting and taking notes emery's playing the organ which how does emery know how to play the Uh, organ no uh and vic vic is he really loves the bible he carries around with him all over the place and he goes over to kathy and you see him explicitly say oh you were right it's revelation 12 and I looked up Revelation 12, and here's what I can tell, say about Revelation 12. Dra- dragons. Yes. So what's that about? <laughs> what it's does that have to do with anything? It's a image of the end of the world, and Satan is represented by a great dragon. What? Was this just a random conversation that they were having apropos so of nothing? So far, it doesn't seem to have an application. <laughs> I was curious about that, going, well, that's kind it's of It's so specific. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but why? <laughs> Why is this happening? So the the doorbell rings and and everybody gets spooked. But Joyce is like, "No worries, it's totally fine. I know what it, I know what it is." Uh-huh. And she goes to the door, and on her way, she sees Annie playing with the Victrola because they found some Glenn Miller records. And Joyce says, "Oh well, that doesn't work. I'm sorry, you're not going to get to play it." And I'm like, "You're dumb. Of course she is." And so they answer the door, and it's pizza delivery by who? Um, uh, Joe Hill. No. Okay. Joe Hill's daddy, Stephen King. Peter Straub. Who says, is this house haunted? And Emery is a dick to him for no fucking reason. He's just like, yeah, by delivery drivers who okay. ask too many questions. And I'm like, you're such a fuckhead. What Emery has like a mean girl snarl on his face all the time. That's what it reminds me of, that kind of weird. Yeah, it's obnoxious. Kind of go-to thing that the, the teenage girls do when they're mad at you. Oh, yeah, thing. it's yeah. wild. But we got our, we got our cameo, so I mm. feel complete. And then uh, Glenn Miller starts playing, and everybody starts dancing. Uh, Steve starts dancing with Annie, and they, she makes them float. And then at the same time, there's a telemetry device that counts people, and it starts counting up and up and up and up and up, <laughs> which is like a cool gag, actually. Right, and meanwhile, Ellen Rimbauer's ghost is walking around upstairs. Also, don't we you see her. think that this is also like uh, Stephen King's thing with weird science? 
we have a people counting meter. I'm not That's sure. That's a real thing. I, it just seems like such a weird, odd kind of um, machine to even have. It's a it's a parapsychological parapsychological tool. They counts like spots. Oh, okay. Like people size spots, All right? right? Like cold or warm. Also, I did like this scene because I felt it was like think about when uh, when there's going to be like an attack for by its steel team, and they're like there are seven. Okay. Seven people inside. It's like that. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> like, well, why, why would you have a people counter? That's why you could just count with on your hands and toes. And no, you don't you use to... it for the people you can see. You use it for the people you can't see. But I like this scene because I felt like we're going to lose half of these people, if not all of them. And so yeah. it was good to see them interact. Yeah. And no, they're all having a pretty good right. time. It looks yeah. like. As a matter of fact, even the pizza delivery guy makes a comment. You guys do this here all the time. Yeah, she goes as often as we can. Uh, then we see Vic outside, and or Vic in the bathroom, and he's taking a nitroglycerin pill. I only know that because it's what you show an older person with right. a small white pill. That's nitroglycerin. That's a heart pill. I thought it was Coke. And he's weirdly humming. Like, he's not humming music. It's this weird glottal sound that he is making and he like is real jazzed up like he comes back into the room and he's like who wants to dance with me and everybody's like we're pretty tired now so no it's it's an odd little thing and then there's another story time story time about mr posey that is john rimbauer's original business partner partner who in 1914 was given the bums rush by john rimbauer basically he bought him out because he had blackmail on him that he was gay uh-huh. A year later, he came to the house and hung himself in front of the kids, which is wild. And they're After like passing on his Tom Mix hat. Yeah, he passed on the hat and gave a rose to April, and mm-hmm. then hung himself in front of this fireplace that they're all a- around. And uh, they're like, had a great "Why line. did he come back a year later? Why right. did he do it here? Nobody knows." Chaps with chaps. Yes, he enjoyed chaps. So he liked cowboys. Chaps with chaps and chaps. And then we see uh, the telemetry inching up, showing more and more people. It started with, like, what, there, eight, right? Mm-hmm. Seven. Now I forgot. I've lost track. And then it goes up to 12, and then, like, 20, and then clicks up to, like, 78, 84. Like, that's right. too many. Y'all, that's too many. And Steve talks about how... He remembered only today after Nick reminded him that he did come here when he was eight. And Joyce tries to say, oh, I thought about, I thought of your father. And he says, no, no, my father was scared to death of this place. I was here with my mother. She was probably looting for antiques because we were broke and she was drunk. Right. And probably couldn't find a sitter. So she brought me with her and I got lost. And then Nick is like, um, says you got, you know, he got separated and he was above the mirror room, maybe one floor above, maybe three, maybe ten, because yeah. when Rose Red starts going, it can get as big as it wants. And then you got to the top, and that's where, and then kablam, kablooey, sparks everywhere. We're never going to know what happened to Nick when he was a kid. And I'm, I'm sure they're saving that for the big reveal. There's, yeah, there's like 
sparks come out of all of the lights while not short-circuiting any of the lights. It's pretty impressive. That's another manifestation. The telemetry numbers are going all over the place. Joyce is super excited. Everybody else is kind of freaking out because there's sparks everywhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, Nick is like, it's basically a psychic earthquake. Like he gives some parapsychological names to what's happening. But basically it's a psychic earthquake. And throughout this whole thing, there's a lot of people yelling at Annie not to touch a thing uh-huh. while not trying to stop her from touching yeah, said thing. Yeah, I noticed thing. that. But it's like she, from a distance, people just, don't do that, Annie. And, and then Annie reaches away. her hands out and keeps walking towards the thing. Yeah. With Joyce going, do it, do it, do it. Because Joyce is a shit stirrer. Also, she, well, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, so Annie... Another manifestation, like a a ghostly silvery manifestation that probably is April or has April's face and mm-hmm. it's calling to Annie, shows up and they're all yelling, "Don't touch it! Don't touch it!" Except Joyce is behind her, going, "Do it! Do it! Do it!" And then Steve from back the back saves the day by chucking a glass into the apparition, and then the spell is broken. Now this is the part that got confusing. Okay, here I go. Okay. And prepared to be a help. So we switch scenes and it's nighttime and it's okay. Emery and Pam walking. And Emery just goes, Pam, would you go to bed with me? Which is a wild question to ask somebody. Apropos of nothing. Yeah. As they're just walking. And Pam says, uh, she turns around and she says, isn't that your mom? And he turns around and sees a mannequin or like a sewing dummy. Right. She's like, he's like, and, and. Good naturedly, better naturedly than he has said anything ever. That's not my mom. Like he doesn't get mad at her. Nothing. Yeah. It's so weird. And then he sees um, Bollinger come at him, saying "Say cheese." Uh-huh. And he wakes up, and he looks around. He gets up out of bed. He's fully dressed. I'm like pajamas. No, okay. Uh, he's still wearing his button down and his sweater vest and sweatpants, presumably. Uh, and he says five grand wasn't enough. Twenty wouldn't have been. And then he gets back in bed. And then corpse hand, corpse hand comes over him. And then he looks and it's the corpse of the actress. The only reason I know it's the corpse of the actress is because he tells Nick that it's right. the corpse of the actress later. I did it kind not, of looks like E.T. I did not recognize her. The actress was really kind of striking looking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in the flashback that we see. In the see. flashback, she, there's, there's a, a kind of a hint towards Ava Gardner kind of actress. Um, but this makeup was so severe, I couldn't tell what I was it looking looked, at. She looked like E.T. She yeah. looks like E.T. It's I, I don't think it was as successful. Um, that's when he gets another great line. It's like, I'm hard up. I'm not that hard up. Yeah, right. And then he's like, he closes his eyes, like, not there, not there, not there. He wakes mm. up and it's not there, but there is an indentation in the bed. Right. Was there, was there, was there. Then we see Nick waking up and he's just alone in bed looking up. Nick is up smoking, looking out a window. We see Pam and Kathy sleeping next to each other in bed and Pam sneaks out. Uh-huh. Okay. Then we go and we see Vic wake up. And then we see Rachel and Annie sleeping together. Then we go back to Emery's room, and he's moved out of the bed, and he's on, like, the settee or the couch that's there, and he's trying to sleep there. Joyce is downstairs writing, and he says, it, and her journal says, Annie is the key to unlocking Rose Red. Yes. In all caps. 
Okay, then we go back upstairs and we see Kathy waking to a rattling and movement in the carpet that climbs up the bed. And it's that, it's a really, it's a, it's yeah. a well done thing. It is very reminiscent of The Haunting, only they did it in walls. Right. Uh, and Pam is not in the bed with her. So I don't know if they were ever in the bed together. Huh. Because the, the next thing we see is Pam walking through to the kitchen and then wakes up to Bollinger saying, say cheese. And so she, and she sits up and wakes up out of bed. And she hears Kathy knocking at her door. Mm-hmm. So I'm confused as to whether or not they started in the same room or not. Okay. So she wakes up to Kathy knocking on her door saying, Steve's found something that explains so much. You've got to come with me. And she follows Kathy out. Now, and then we flash back and see Kathy in her bed being tormented by this moving mass that is coming right. up under the various fabrics, first the f- carpet, then her bedspread. Uh, and then Annie is woken by her own name, and the closet opens. And then we see Pam down in the solarium or the yard. It's unclear where she is, actually, um, but she's there's trees, <laughs> so it could be either of those places. And then Annie sees that same silvery thing of April singing. And in the mirror behind that, we can see Pam sort of walking, dazed. She's back there, outside. And then um, a creepy hand comes out from under the bed. We think it's going to grab Annie, but it doesn't. She, like, just ducks down and looks under the bed, at which point Rachel wakes up um, and says... And gets out of bed and looks under the bed and across and sees Annie. And she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, What's happening right now? And she goes back to get in bed and the, she sees that the closet door is open. And she's like, did you open that? You need to close that. I can't sleep with the closet door open because I'm afraid of the boogeyman. Aren't you afraid of the boogeyman? At which point Annie says, not oogie man, oogie lady. So, whoops. <laughs> Ellen, I think it's Ellen. And they close the door and then get back into bed and giggle fight under the under the covers. It's very cute, actually. And Emery, then the next morning, Emery's trying to call out. He's trying to call his mom, and he can't get the phone to work. Right. And he's like, she's going to go crazy if she doesn't hear from me, and it's not a fucking long trip. I'm going to maybe leave. If if Joyce wants her money back, she can see me in court about it. Uh, but I don't think I want to stay. And he basically talks about every how everyone's shitty. Right. To, and he's talking to Nick. And we see Annie in the solarium. Nick goes over to say hi to her, and she covers her face, and so he just leaves her be, and she's <laughs> playing with some dominoes. And Nick's making breakfast. Steve comes down and Nick offers him some. And Steve's like, no, that's cool. What's that? And behind the door is a wine cellar. That's new. Apparently there was not a wine cellar before. Uh, and inside the wine cellar, Nick is like, uh, come and take a look to look at this. And when you go in there, you hear the sawing and the hammering yeah. of the house, presumably. And Nick is like, um, I'm a little worried that Bollinger hasn't shown up because if something happened to him, the longer we don't say anything, the w- weaker our position is going to be. Right. 
So he's like, okay. Especially as a house owner, he's going to be liable yeah. if somebody disappears in the house, even if it has a reputation. And Nick tells Steve, um, you know, he's a powerful psychic transmitter. Uh-huh. Uh, and that he and that, well, everybody that's there is probably delicious to the house. It's Annie and Steve that the house really wants. Uh, and Steve's like, you're crazy. Uh, and Nick's like, I might be crazy, but <laughs> Joyce is crazier and she'd be fine if somebody died. She's going to get her responses no matter what. Oddly, he seems to be the most intuitive person mm-hmm. in the group at well, this point. Well, that's his, his deal, right? Yeah. And he's like, you know, he, she's like, He's gonna, she's gonna get her proof regardless of whether or not somebody has to die. And Steve is like, I mean, that's a lot to say about somebody. And he goes, Why don't we talk about, uh, ask Mr. Bollinger about it? At which point, Steve is like, All right, yeah, he could fully be dead. So he pulls out the phone, which apparently Mm -hmm. he still had on his body, and he calls Miller and leaves a voicemail, which we don't hear, but it is not the voicemail that Miller gets because we go. Back to the school where Miller is going to his office. So convenient at this time of the day. And he goes to happens. Yes. He goes to check his voicemail after being a total dick to the janitor, who's a dick back. So it works out pretty good. So he says, what are you doing here this morning? You know, you know, on a Saturday. And Miller goes, minding my own business, as I hope you also will. And I'm just like, what a dick. And then he goes, he's trying to get in because he hears the, the phone ringing and he goes, who locked this door? And the janitor goes, well, probably you since it's your office. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, fuck you, dude. And uh, he gets his way in. And when he plays the thing back, the the recording back, what Steve had intended was we found your things here and you need to explain why that's the case. And we don't have like Kevin Bollinger is nowhere to be found. Right. What he said, what he hear, what Miller hears is uh, Kevin Bollinger slid his wrists and wrote your name on the wall, and you need to get out here before the police do because, and maybe we can keep this like quiet and chill, but shit's going down, and you need to be a part of it. So, and then at the same time, we see Emery trying, or Emery's mom trying to get a hold of him and not being able to get a hold of him. So then they're like, do 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 do. We've got guests it's an coming. Interesting musical choice. <laughs> And so we have Mrs. Emery and Professor Dickhead on the way. That's what I wrote in my notes. Uh, And then Steve goes in to say good morning to Annie and forces her to say good morning, Steve, back to him. Like he's some sort of caseworker (laughs) is working on her her vocalization with her. It's very odd. Uh, And she's playing with dominoes. She set them all up and then she makes one float and then she... Sort of makes it knock all of them down and it falls all down in a circle. Uh, then we hear Glenn Miller playing out of the flowers in the solarium because, sure, why wouldn't we? It looks like a Victrola. That works out. And then Rachel comes in and Steve sort of introduces himself. She, he says, oh, you're Rachel, right? And I'm like, you, no, no point the night before you said this to her? Okay, that's wild. Uh, and she goes, yeah. You could call me sister or sissy for short. Everybody else does. And he goes, I think I prefer Rachel. And I was like, I like that, Steve. That that makes up for your weirdness a second ago with Annie. And, you know, she says, she's telling her, him about Annie. She's 15 and she's autistic and she's telepathic and psychokinetic, which are the 
least interesting things about her. And she says, um, we go back to the flashback at the very beginning of the dog bite and what happened. Right. So now we get the backstory of that. We do. Well, sort of. It's sort of what happened after her. So she's bit by this dog. The dog is destroyed, but then she makes the stones rain down. The house is then destroyed. The house is destroyed. We don't, I don't believe that the people are killed. It, it's my sense that that is not what happened. I think they, mm-hmm. they survived, but their house is destroyed. Uh, and then a reporter got a hold of Annie's drawings and put it on the front page, paired up with the rock attack, which is not good. So her family knows what she can do. Uh, and as her dad is yelling at Rachel, or as their dad is yelling at Rachel about... You know, how could Rachel let this happen? I'm like, you're the dad. Right. <laughs> so that's, she's, doesn't, she's not responsible for raising this child, but okay. Uh, Annie comes downstairs and Rachel says, you could say she launched a protest? She froze all of the water in the, pi- in the house, mm-hmm. which causes these shards of, gla- of ice to come out of all of the faucets right up to mom's face. I was like, ooh. She tried to kill her mom. <laughs> and she says, Annie responds to love with love. And that is the most important thing about her. And I'm like, it's a weird story to tell to illustrate that. <laughs> yes. There was that one time she responded with rocks and ice. Yes. Or two times, I guess. She responds to not love with not love. With apocalyptic violence. Yeah, right. Uh then Annie gets up and walks across, and uh, there's still we still hear Rachel and Steve talking, and Steve's like, "What is she thinking?" And Annie, uh, and Rachel's like, "I don't know." But Rachel isn't, or Annie isn't thinking anything. She's watching. Vic has come down, and he's in his pajamas, and he's talking to no one. He thinks he's talking to Pam. Uh-huh. We hear him talking to Pam. Pam is not there. He's like weirdly hitting on her. They're drinking. 49 Don Perignon, because they found that in the wine cellar. He says, we must drink grapes, not grains, which I guess a dig on beer. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) And... Well, it's beer. Beer can take it. Then they... Pam leads Vic out into the grounds at the same time as the other guests are arriving. So Vic goes out into the grounds. It's not in the solarium. He's out in the fountain in on the grounds uh, outside of the house. And he sees Pam's body in a fountain. And then a statue does a face-off. Statue does face-off. Statue does face-off and then puts face back on. But then there are real eyes. And then Vic has a heart attack. And Vic runs back towards the house. As you would, I think. At the same time, uh, Emery's mom and Miller have come up to the gate uh, Emery's mom gets there first, but can't open the gate and sort of forces Miller to do it. She just yells out her car door, put your back into it. She's awesome. And In this particular scene, she's awesome. <laughs> she's the worst. Her parenting skills are not to be desired. Uh, no, no, no. I don't think she's awesome in any way. Uh, I was being sarcastic. Okay. Uh, and they drive through, and she sees what she thinks is Emery run in front of her car, and so mm-hmm. she slams on her brakes, right. which causes Miller to rear-ender from behind. And so both of them now have bloody noses and are disoriented. And she goes running off after what she thinks is her son. And so she's yelling, Emery, Emery! And so from inside the house, Emery is hearing this and going, not real, not there, not real, that's not real. 
And he's then, sending off the advances of dead people. Of dead people. Uh, so he's playing pool, and he's like, that's not real. It's not real, not real, not real. And then he sees Vic come up to the window saying, I'm having a heart attack, open this window. And then he <laughs> turns his back, and he's like, not real, not real, not this real. This part was and almost I'm just funny like, if I didn't like Vic so much. <gasps> then... Emery's mom runs into something. We don't see what. She screams, and then we see her being dragged away. Sans one shoe. One shoe is left behind. And Nick comes into the room where Emery is, has his hands over his ears like a hear-no-evil monkey, and is just like, not real, not there, not real, not there, and tries to open the thing. And, like, he throws, like, bodily throws Emery across the room. And he's like, he came to you for help and you turned your back on him. Because Vic is, in fact, real and is, in fact, dying of a heart attack. Uh, and then we're back outside. And Miller is still trying to figure out what's going on. He was trying to find the lady who hit him because he wanted to exchange insurance information. I'm like, your priorities are so fucked up right now. Right. And... He has come upon in the garden by one Tsukina because she is the one who ushers bad men away. Apparently, that is what she does. She says, Mr. Bollinger is waiting for you. And Miller is like, he's okay. And she goes, uh, yeah, he's irritated, but he's fine. Sure, come this way. Okay. And so she, he is escorted, presumably to his death, <laughs> uh, away. Uh, Emery is running through the house now, unsure, like he's upset. And so now then he, he, we just see one scene of him running through a room we haven't seen before asking, how did he get here? So that's not, not great because you're not supposed to wander off because the house moves like a, uh, like a Rubik's Cube. Yeah. (laughs) Sliding parts, kind of like one of those puzzles. And then... Miller chases Sukina into the uh, further onto the grounds and finds a windy tree. That's that's all I can say about it. It's a very windy tree. And then, meanwhile, we see Joyce. We keep flashing back to Joyce as all of these things are happening. As Vic has died, as Pam has died, as Mrs. Emery, I think Waterman, Mrs. Waterman has died, as Miller is getting killed, uh, as Emery is lost in the house. And Joyce just has headphones on with a microphone up, and she's like deliriously happy because she's picking up all of these right, sounds. Right, which is the part where I really—that's where that character really settled in for me. Yeah, and she like could not; she has no idea what's happening, uh-huh. but whatever it is, it's making the house talk, and she couldn't be more happy about it. And that is the end of the second part. That's where it ends. So, how did you feel about it? I'm enjoying it. I want to know what's going to happen next. So, I, the part that was confusing for you was. That the middle... sleeping arrangement piece where okay. the two Pam and Kathy were in bed together sleeping and uh-huh. then they were in separate rooms. Right. And I'm like, so which of those is like, why would you show me them peacefully sleeping, but then show me them waking separately? It's it's an odd the, thing. And I'm I not had sure. to ask you what happened to Pam. Yeah. Because I was unsure exactly what was going on. Yeah. Um, I and didn't... it is a little hazy, right. right? Like, because we see Pam in Emery's dream. And then we see Pam in her own dream. Right. And then we see what we presume is actually Pam being followed by fake, or being led out by fake Kathy. Then we see Pam in Vic's waking hallucination. Yeah, that's what was confusing to me, was the idea that we are seeing different versions of Pam. Yeah. 
And as I told you, I felt like the Pam, the ghost Pam, seems to be kind of flirty with yes. people. Yes. She's tossing her hair. Well, she's she, that's only eyes. with Vic. That's the only ghost Pam that we see. She mirrors the, dreams the dream right. at, that Emery had, um, who isn't exactly flirting with him, uh-huh. but is way nicer and more open right. than Pam in real life probably would have been. Uh, but yeah, we see a lot of different versions of her in quick succession. Meanwhile, she is actually deceased. Right. I didn't get that because I saw her disappear and then we get the body in the fountain. Mm-hmm. But we've seen so many kind of phantom versions of mm-hmm. Pam that at that point I wasn't sure, is this another illusion or right. is this... And even her physical body, was she did because she had mentioned we could, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'll share with Kathy. Right. Um or all three of the women could sleep together, you know, with right. Joyce, like a sleepover. But then Joyce says, you know, the, the bedroom should be fine. Yeah. And so it seems like they all go to separate bedrooms. But then there is this scene where you see each of them sleeping individually and the two of them sleeping together. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they I decided. got very confused at that point because I couldn't make out which is the real Pam. When he yeah. reaches for the Pam in the fountain, she disappears. It seems to be her nightdress or it's something? It's her nightdress. It looks like you can see her whole body, and then it sort of disappears, and there's just the dress, uh-huh. and he is um, praying at that point. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, then the um, the statue face off. And then that's when he loses I, it. Yeah, so I'm very sorry to see Pam go. Yeah. I... I I'm, I presume she'll be back to try and... I saw the first segment. The, the other two dudes. Right. I saw the first segment of it. I, th- I remember that distinctly. The when it first ran, I didn't see all of it, um, and I, it's I didn't know who Pam was at the time, so it was. Oh, I you don't. Emily Deschanel was not right. Bones, not radar, right. So. so I think that it wasn't. Now that I see her, I think why would you give her such a small part? But she was just another pretty face back then. There was mm-hmm. one of a you know two dozen actresses who could have played that part, which is a pity because she's much better than that. Um, but yeah, I, I I was sort of sorry to see some of the others go, some of the other characters. Yeah. Meanwhile, Emery's still here. Like, how did this happen? Because Victor, I didn't get, as you said. He Vic was, and Kathy both seem expendable to me. Yeah. I don't know if it's because we find that middle-aged people are expendable. Yes. Like I'm I'm wondering if that's yeah. just a societal well, thing where that's what I presume is going to happen. I thought it was actually kind of neat that they seem to be very s- similar, you know, these these are older church going folk from the sounds of it. Anybody who has a conversation about Revelations 12 or otherwise yeah. seem to be they're both people who are in the choir at church. They're both kind of everyday folks and I like them both, which is what makes it a pity when they uh when they actually get killed this way. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I'm curious to see what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have 15 more minutes of part three, all of part four, and part five is only five minutes long. Right. So that's what we have. It's going to be a little bit confusing, left. but all I just know is keep watching the whole thing from this point on. Yeah. Yes. So we'll finish up next week. And in the meantime, I mean, we can't recommend that you go to a movie because Regal shut down today. Right. Uh, my guess is that AMC is also going to shut down. They've capped their uh, limits at 250 people 
they've capped them at half, 250 max. Mm -hmm. But my guess is by the end of the week, certainly, they will have closed entirely. I'm telling you, I just opened um, my LA Times news, and Universal is going to be making its movies available in home on the same day as their global theatrical releases, starting this Friday. So... The Invisible Man, which we watched, right. uh, will be available. Uh, the Hunt will be available. Emma will be available. And they're uh, recommending a $19.99 retail price. So it is pricier to go so that they can recoup some of that, right. or to get them so that we can recoup um, uh, that. And they'll be released on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Prime, Fandango, Manow. Uh So here's hoping that New Mutants is released this way because I've been waiting for Such a years long time. and they were going to release it again right before my birthday and I was super excited. And of course now they've pushed it again because coronavirus. And I understand that we should not be going to the movies because y'all, we went to the movies and it was not very smart of us to do. No, <laughs> well, we did do no, that. You might want to mention to the audience exactly what I did to... We brought Lysol wipes mm-hmm. and wiped. We went to a Dolby surround recliner um, theater where they're all, I doubt it's leather, but it's plastic leather probably, and you wiped them all down with Lysol wipes before we sat in them. So that um, happens. Before that, I see that's a problem. So you did see a movie this weekend that you would recommend if you were able to go to the movies. Uh, When it's available to you safely... The new Pixar movie, Onward, is really, really fun, and I really liked it a lot. It reminds me of how I feel about or felt about older Pixar movies, pre-Cars. And, I liked uh, it very much, too. I wasn't expecting much out of it, and it turned out to be really very good, and it took some unexpected turns, which I liked also because I don't like the same kind of movie over and over again. Um, but, yeah, because that, that, to me, that's always an issue. It's like when I'm watching one of those films, I can predict the elements or the beats to the film. This is when this is going to happen. This is when that's going to happen. Um, what I did like, though, that I saw earlier in the week with a friend of mine was Emma with Anya Taylor. Anya Taylor? You Joy? saw Emma? Yes, I saw Emma. You didn't tell me you oh, saw Emma. Said, that's why I said you should see it. I'm sorry. This is breaking news, folks. I'm sorry. I no, thought, it's fine. It's totally okay. fine. But it was it was actually really very good. And Anya Taylor-Joy is going to be one of those people that, like Florence Pugh, like Saoirse. Saoirse? Saoirse. 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 Oh, my God. Um, so difficult to say. Is going to be one of those people that uh, I will watch in the future. She's been great. In, she was great in Glass. She was great in, um, before that, in, uh, oh God, she was the kidnapped schoolgirl in the, the prequel, oh, the, the film before slide, uh, class, which was um, Split. Oh, yeah. And she was really great in The Witch. Yes. And she's done some things that aren't horror movies, but that's mm, most of what I watch. Debatable. <laughs> so this was actually a very good film, and I appreciated it. I like the performances. It's beautiful to look at. It's very subtle. There's a lot of very subtle humor to the movie. So if this is not big physical pratfalls, this is actually a lot of very funny stuff about watching a person kind of get what they deserve and then get what they deserve. Um, But yeah, if you're familiar with the story, I'm told it was a very faithful adaptation. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes, sometimes I've seen adaptations recently that take a big break. I think the worst one was the Scarlet Letter, but that was a while back. That mm. just absolutely gave. It's like you know, it's also a pretty faithful uh, adaptation of Adam Emma Clueless. Oh, I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah, now I'll have to watch Clueless again. <gasps> yes, I've done it. I've tricked him. <laughs> yes, I want to see Emma. I did like Onward. There mm-hmm. are many things in the theaters that I would like to watch. The Hunt is not one of them. I will less say that. than less than there was a couple of weeks ago, though. Well, yeah, because everything right. is going away, and uh, like I said, we, we the social quarantine or the social distancing is n- no joke. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're on. Even if AMC doesn't close theaters, I think with the shelter in place in the county, I don't know that they're going to be allowed to stay open. Right. They certainly aren't essential. No. Well, they are to I us. mean, they are to the people who work there. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I. my recommendation is to, to wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Stop touching your face. Okay. That was mostly to me. Uh, and don't panic by toilet paper. Yes, that's really rude because so many uh, we we have to scrape and we bought toilet paper today made from recycled po- telephone poles or something. I don't know. Be nice to people right now. They're everybody is stressed, so just breathe. Maybe find a game to play online. Netflix party is a thing I want to try, where you can socially watch Netflix with friends that that's are not an in your home. That's interesting thing. Yeah, uh, which I think they've been working on for a while, and we're like, right. oh. The moment is now. Uh, yeah, this is about the time. I, it's going to be a little difficult because, like I said, it's just there's so little that you can actually do, you know. Yeah. You're, you're kind of restricted in your movements. Here, mm-hmm. there's some talk about having it enforced by law, by uh, mm-hmm. police, which I don't like the idea. Well, it depends. Yeah. I, th- oh, I think what that is specifically is there were still people queuing at bars. Mm-hmm. Y'all. Yeah. Alcohol is not going to save you from this. Like, it's, that's not a disinfectant. Stop it. Uh, but, yeah, just be reasonable, everyone. Be reasonable. And don't listen to the White House because everything that they say is a lie. Ta-da! Watch Rose Red. It's on Daily Motion. It's free for everyone. Catch up with us and watch the third part for next week. Right. It'll be exciting. I'm sure that we'll all have a... It, I, I'm... I'm Julian Sands is pretty funny. He's very funny else. in this, yeah. Yeah, I, and I don't know how much it was written for him, but the chaps and chaps line was pretty, yeah. pretty crazy. That feels like a Stephen King line. Like right. That feels right. Uh, yeah, so we're going to finish it up next week, and uh, we don't plan on missing any episodes of this show. We missed of our other show, but we don't plan on missing any of episodes of this show. So we'll be here to get you through this outbreak situation. And if you have questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at latecomerspod on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, latecomerspodcast. We'll be maybe a little bit more active in there since we're all at home doing, working, sure, that's what's happening. We're working from home. In the meantime, I remind you, please take your medicine, and we remind you... Better late than never. never.